This year, I am focused on saving and investing, but I still want to do things like travel. NerdWallet lets you compare top travel credit cards side-by-side to maximize your spending, some even offering 10 times points on your spending, which means you could end up with a free flight or maybe a better hotel room. So what could future you do with smarter financial decisions? Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. Reminder, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. Do you want to set your child up for success? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed to help them really understand and master topics in a fun way with positive feedback. Well, I know with Eleanor, when she was struggling so much with math, if she had been able to do online learning at home, she would have been much better able to keep up with class, and that would have just made the whole situation much easier for her. Don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And half your listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com happier. Visit IXL.com happier to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Hello and welcome to Happier, a podcast where we discuss cutting-edge science, the wisdom of the ages, lessons from pop culture, and our own experiences about how to be happier. This week we'll talk about picking a mantra for the day and the happiness stumbling block of awfulizing. I'm Gretchen Rubin, a writer who studies happiness, good habits, and human nature. I'm in New York City, and with me, yes, again, is my sister Elizabeth Kraft, still in New York. Such a treat to have her right next to me. Oh, thanks, Gretchen. That's me, Elizabeth Kraft, a TV writer and producer living in L.A., but I'm spending several weeks in New York City loving it, Um, although it seems to have wrecked havoc on my voice. It might be because I have to talk so much during the day because we're, you know, working on a pilot um, and I'm just like constantly jabbering. But um, excuse my cracking, croaking voice. Well, and from a happiness standpoint, how is it being away from home for like how many, several, several weeks? This isn't just like a casual business trip. This is like you're you're living in New York City for a while. Yeah, although I am a little, I, I've gone home to see Jack. Oh, that's good. Um, just getting a little bit of taste, you know, helps. Yeah. Um, and they're going to come visit me during his spring break, I hope. Um, so it's hard, uh, of course, you know, yeah. being away from him. FaceTime helps. Ah. Uh, but it is so much fun to be in New York that it's a great distraction. And, like, the weather has been great. Yeah. And um, we're just having a fun time. <laughs> the weather, I mean, coming from Los Angeles, it's like we, we can't brag about our weather to you. <laughs> I know. I'm like, I must just like, I can no longer exist in bad weather. Wherever I go, it has to be nice. Um, although I do need to get some rain boots. Yeah, it seems like every time you shoot a pilot, like you have to buy like some major weather. I remember when you were getting ready to go to Budapest, like, you bought like 
a Shackleton level uh, jacket. Yeah, I have it and I have it ready to go in case I case because <laughs> you never know in New York there could be a blizzard at any moment. That's true. That's true. Um, well, it's a treat for me to have you here. Um, I like being in the same time zone with you. Yeah, it's fun. Um, and here, you know, as another update, I wanted to read um, this email we got from our listener, Kate. Um, because we'd asked for the anniversary show about people's before and after stories because it's so interesting to hear what Try This at Homes have worked for people. And she says, since last January, I've lost almost 120 pounds. That's a lot. While I started these changes before reading the book, reading helped me understand why they're working and why I'm having success this time after countless failed attempts. I'm an obliger, and accountability is 100% key for me. I'm on a diet plan where I have a personal coach. Every night, I text her my food log for the day. Three times a week, I text her a picture of my feet on the scale, and once a month, I text her pictures and measurements. The food plan itself isn't so different from what I've tried before, but the accountability is so much more than a weekly weigh-in at Weight Watchers or doing it on my own. I've also worked accountability into exercise. Every Monday through Friday, I participate in a Fitbit challenge with a group of women. Knowing they can see how many steps I get get each day gives me accountability, and my competitive nature helps push me for some extra steps if I see I'm close to whoever is right in front of me. I also paired, that's the strategy of pairing, watching Netflix with being on the treadmill, my own personal sweat flicks. Isn't that, isn't that's, that a, yeah. that's an amazing term. I love sweat that. Flicks. Sweat flicks. Sweat you're, flicks you're, when you're using TV to get you to exercise on a treadmill. Basically convince myself that Netflix only works if my feet are moving. And then I keep myself hooked on great shows where I can't see what happens next. Sometimes it gets me to the gym twice in a day, and I only struggle with going when I'm in between shows. It also makes me a better TV watcher, as on the couch, I'm always getting distracted and doing something else at the same time. I think about the tendencies all the time. I have a good friend and coworker who is the definition of questioner, and I used to get annoyed and defensive at all the questions sometimes. Now I remind myself it's her tendency, and I believe it's made me more patient and better at not taking it personally. My boss is an upholder. Again, knowing that helps me work better. Um, so this wow. is... Wow. That's amazing. I mean, she is just totally changing her life well i mean that's the thing she said she was doing these changes before but this is my argument about the tendencies is like sometimes things work but we don't know why they work or sometimes we think it's the wrong reason is why they work and so then when we're trying to amplify it we go we're not efficient because we don't understand it and i think when you know the tendencies when you realize okay i'm an obliger so i have to have that accountability then it's easy to see well i'll plug this in or i'm going to make sure that my plan includes this or if i have option a or option b i see that option a is going to work better for me because i need that accountability it's suited to you it's not just like some general plan that's aimed at everybody it's like really aimed at your particular psychology and so 120 pounds. Yeah, congratulations. Congratulations, Kate. That's huge. And also this idea that when you understand, you know, this is your thing, Alyssa, saying like, this is just the way a person is. It's not not personal. It's not aimed at me. It's just the way they are. I'm the way I am. They're they're the way they are. And so we don't have to get upset about it. Um, We just have to figure out a way to handle each other more harmoniously. Um, So that was the... thrilling email together. Yes, that was exciting. So thank you, Kate, for um, weighing in with your before and after story. And now it's the try this at home tip. Elizabeth, now this this is your tip. Yes, it's pick a mantra for the day. Ooh. In episode 26, and then again in our anniversary episode 54, we talked about picking a theme for the year. Mine was novel, yours was vision. Um, So there's the theme for the year, but recently I was in this, I've discussed on the show, this parent mindfulness class. Mm. 
And often in that class, um, the teacher has everybody pick a mantra for the day. So it's like, what do you need today? So ah. people will pick calm or um, peace or, you know, various words. My um, one I picked most recently was I can because I was feeling super overwhelmed because uh, like this pilot was coming in and Sarah and I are working on a pitch for another show that we had to do and all this stuff was happening. Yeah. And I felt like on the verge of totally losing control. <laughs> so my mantra, and I'm sort of just keeping it every day, is I can. And I've actually been using it. Like when I start to feel like vibrating, you know, like, yeah. oh, my God, oh, my God. I'm like, I can, I can. I can. And it's really been helping me. No, I think that's great because because the idea of picking a theme for the year is it's sort of like this big transcendent goal for everything. But I think that there's really something about I, like picking this one word or this one phrase that kind of sums it up that makes it easier to act on it. Because it's not just this kind of vague and coet sense of like, oh, I should just remind myself that I've been through things like this before, blah, 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 blah. It's like, I can. And it can flash through your mind. And, and, and like you say, it centers you. Yeah. I mean, like I could think of words like energy, for instance, yeah. would be a word I would think a lot of people would want to use. And generally you go, I know. That's what I was thinking. Dad's word would be energy. Yeah. It reminds me um, of uh, one of my all-time favorite movies, All That Jazz. Mm. Amazing movie. And a theme in the movie is the main character repeatedly, he looks in the mirror and kind of makes his face and says, it's showtime, folks. And it's just kind of like, it's sort of his his mantra for saying like, okay, now I have to go out there and like, you know, bring it. And um, in the movie, you see how he's using that to steal himself over and over as he's facing his day. Now, Gretch, if you had to pick a mantra for today, what would it be? I often, you know, and this mantra is kind of inspired by you, Elizabeth, because you have, you and Sarah made those signs for yourself. It's, this is a fun job and I enjoy it. Yeah. Um, and I, you know, um, I often remind myself as I'm sitting at my desk or something and I'll say, um, this is so fun because I can get I can get lost in like I have to do this. I have to do that. And now I have to write this up. And, you know, I remind myself this is what I picked. This is what I want to be doing. And I remember that because I was Jamie was, you know, Jamie and I were talking on the phone and a better day. And I was like, well, what have you been doing today? What have you been doing today? And he's like, he told me what he'd been doing today. Um, with had a lot about affordable housing tax credit reform. And he's like, what have you been doing today? And I was like, actually, what I've been doing today is I've been doing a lot of research about Taylor Swift. Because <laughs> you said you thought Taylor Swift was an upholder. And so I was actually researching. So I was like going online and reading all these profiles and watching all these interviews with Taylor Swift. And I'm like, this is so fun. Yeah. <laughs> a <laughs> this... lot more fun than tax credits. To uh, you. To me, to him, Jamie believe loves, me, yeah. um, he would much be right doing that. Um, and then a, rep a friend of mine had, uh, who has four kids um, was saying to me, I always remind myself, these are the good old days, which, uh. is, which is sort of a cliche, but it's really true. You know, yeah. to take it back and say, I don't want to just race through the day. I want to remember. Yeah. And it's like this whole thing about the mantra, it's kind of a variation on the gratitude because yeah. it's like, you know, you can remind or have a practice of reminding yourself to be grateful. And this is sort of reminding yourself what you're trying to put out into the world yeah. today or just get out of yourself. Right. And you kind of feel 
run down or low. It's yeah. just a way of sort of reaching in and getting something more. Well, and one of the things that I often, and again, I think it's so helpful just to have this very brief thing to kind of, it's just easier for your mind to handle and to kind of ignite that. Before I speak, I often think enthusiasm because I'm like, mm. what do I want to communicate? Enthusiasm. Like I'm so enthusiastic about these ideas and it's just easier than having some kind of big psych up speech that goes on and on and on, you know, just summing it up in a word is helpful. Yeah. And we actually, for this podcast, yeah. have words that we invoke. And I think we've talked about that. Yes. Uh, should we read them? Sure. Okay. Well, there's a lot of words, yeah. um, but it's practical, funny, transcendent, revealing, sisters, evergreen, loose, fun, vulnerable, differences, research, community. And that sort of like each one of those is something that we want to hit. And having it have a, it's better than like a mission statement that we would have to read through. Right. Yeah. Oh, excellent. So I am dying, Gretch, to hear if people have mantras um, that get them through the day. So in your class, do people tell? Yes. We go around and say what it is. So it's really interesting to hear other people's, like some people's, you know, like I said, calm, joy, um, uh, acceptance mm. is a big one, mm. um, and or just different phrases. So yeah. it's really interesting to hear what people are focused on. It's a little, you know, window into the mind. Yeah, and, and I think good good ideas of things to copy. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> so let us know your daily mantra, uh, Twitter, Facebook, uh, podcast at GretchenRubin.com for an email, or as always, you can go to the show notes um, at HappierCast.com/slash fifty-seven. To, to comment or to get any kind of links or images that we talk about on the show. When you're hiring for your small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and free. And, you know, Elizabeth, I now work with a team and hiring the right people is so important. It's maybe the most important thing. And LinkedIn makes the process of identifying and hiring people easy and intuitive. I know that when I've been hiring for my team, it's hard to find quality candidates to interview. And LinkedIn isn't just a job board. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. On LinkedIn, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Hire professionals like a professional on LinkedIn. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash Gretchen. That's linkedin.com slash Gretchen to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Now, Elizabeth, for the this week's stumbling block, this is a word you introduced me to, awfulizing. Yeah, awfulizing. I mean, I, I think it's kind of self-explanatory. <laughs> it's, um, as I've mentioned, I'm a warrior and I can be a bit neurotic. And awfulizing is a sort of taking a situation and then spinning out in your mind like the worst case scenarios mm. that could come out um, and sort of assuming that's what's going to happen. Um, and I have a tendency to do it a lot. And I'm really trying to work on that, um, partly because it drives Adam absolutely insane. Oh, how does it why? How does it come up? Well, it's just like I'll be sitting on the couch and I going, well, you know, what if this happens? And um 
you know, okay, what if I go do this pilot and I have to go to New York, which did end up happening, <laughs> um, and I can't see you guys, and what if you're working and you can't bring Jack, and I don't have, what if we're shooting on Saturdays and I can't come visit you and it's going to be a whole month and, you know, spinning on and on and on, and it's just like he wants to wait and see what happens and deal with it, which is the healthy approach. <laughs> um, so... I've asked him, because it can actually lead to some arguments, to say to me, like, just, I'm like, just point it out. Just yes. say, Liz, you're awfulizing, you know, stop and just take a breath. And if he does that, I'm like, if you do it in a gentle way, it yeah. can actually just stop me in my tracks and make me go, oh, you're right. Forget everything I said. And I can just kind of be back in the moment. But I need, I really need someone to point it out to me because otherwise I just keep on going. And what is not helpful is when people are like, that's not going to happen. Well, maybe it could happen. Or, you know, well, that's going to be fine. And you're like, well, maybe it won't be fine. So right. it's like, it's not, they can't make you promises. So it's not comforting for people to say, that'll never happen because it can happen. Um, do you ever awfulize? Yes, I do. I do. Well, and it's interesting because in psychology circles, they use the term catastrophizing. Um, and catastrophizing is when we imagine the most catastrophic outcome that could happen, um, which is first you predict that something bad is going to happen. And then if it did happen, it would be a catastrophe. So, it's, yeah, And I think it's a very common thing. And probably in some ways it's adaptive because then you're thinking like, well, if all these things happen, what would I do? And you're kind of like you've kind of got your emergency escape plan or whatever going. But you're right. Every medicine become po can become poison. And at some point, it's helpful to think through like negative possibilities or to say like, well, I, I'm going to join AAA because what's going to happen if my car breaks down on the freeway, you know, and, and to take action and do it. But when it becomes counterproductive or when you're just spinning your wheels or, you know, all these possibilities that are very remote, it just it drags you down without being helpful in any way. Yeah. And I mean, I think some people would say in awfulizing, you're almost, um, it couldn't be a self-fulfilling prophecy. Yes. You know, like you're saying, oh, well, if my boss hates me, then I'm going to get fired and then I'm not going <laughs> to, I'm going to lose my health insurance yeah. and all this. And it can almost, you know, some people think sort of bring in bad things yeah. um, by imagining them happening. I'm of the opposite where I feel like if I worry, as I've said, worry yeah. about something that won't happen. So those are the dueling philosophies of life. But I think your point is just if you're aware that you're doing it, that's very helpful because then you can be like, well, is this leading me to constructive action or is this just bringing me down to no purpose? But you have to realize that you're doing it and it can be very hard to catch yourself in it. Um, and I also think, you know, in terms of what you talk about with sort of catching emotions yeah. and, you know, psychological states, like it can really bring down the people around you. Yes. If they're just perceiving this just like constant stream of negativity. Yeah. Um, and I think that's what happens with Adam. It's like he just starts feeling like there's just too much negativity, whereas I don't see it that way because it's coming out of me, I guess. Right. Um, so I do think that one of the really bad things about awfulizing isn't just what it does in your own mind, but also how it affects the people around you. Right. Well, just as an example of emotional contagion, not really awfulizing, but you know, I'm a very fearful driver. Um, you're a fearful driver, but you drive all the time and I don't drive that much. Well, Jamie and I had to go on, on a drive and uh, he had had back surgery, so I needed to drive. And I'm a fine driver. 
Um, but uh, I was nervous, it was like driving in New York City, like just getting on to the, uh, just getting on to where I needed to get. And I wasn't sure exactly which route to go because sometimes we go one way, so we're going to go the other. And so I became, let's just say, I became increasingly agitated in my talk to him. And he's like, he's like, calm down. You're making me nervous because he's like the calmest driver in the world. And I was like, right, this is not helpful. Like me getting worked up, it's making me worked up and that's not helpful to my driving. And I'm making him anxious and that's not helpful. So just like dial it back. Yeah. You know, um, but there's also the point too, that's a good thing maybe to remember when you're awfulizing or catastrophizing is this is mom's story that she always tells about how do you know if this is bad for you, which is this whole story. I forget how the whole story goes, but it's like, a guy's son breaks his leg and his neighbors say, oh, that's so, that's so awful. And he's like, how do you know? And then the, then the soldiers come to town and they're going to conscript all the uh, boys of, of um, you know, who could be in the, in the army, but they can't take his son because his son has a broken leg. And they're like, oh, that's so lucky. And he's like, how do you know? And, um, and so it's all this thing about even You never when, know what's good news or bad news. You really don't. And that, and that can be helpful also when you're thinking, when you're in that downward spiral is to just say, Okay, maybe I am going to lose my job, but then maybe I'd get a better job. Like, I'm not saying that's necessarily going to happen, but it's a possible outcome as well. Right. You could. Uh, you what's don't... the opposite of awfulizing? You could wonderfulize. Wonderfulizing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to try to start wonderfulizing. Uh, wear those rose-colored glasses. Yeah. Um, but this is like an age-old thing. I mean, there's this great line from Tom, Thomas Jefferson writing to John Adams um, saying, How much pain have cost us the evils which have never happened? You know, it's just something to think about human nature yes uh gretch it is time for a listener question and uh, by the way if you want to reach us leave a voicemail question at 774-277-9336 or easy to remember 77 happy 336 and this is a question from janice in she's she's in germany constanz i'm not sure i'm pronouncing it right uh, she's originally from Scotland. And Janice writes, I'm someone who doesn't care much for interior decorating, etc. But having a clean and relatively tidy apartment does make me feel less stressed. And then she alludes to the secret of adulthood, which I always say, outer order contributes to inner calm. Our one happiness stumbling blocks is the chair. And she attached an internet photo. My husband and I are good with getting dirty laundry in the basket and clean laundry iron folded and put away. But those in-between clothes are starting to be annoying. I don't believe in washing things like jeans too often. Clothes get wrecked and it wastes water. I often air out worn clean clothes on the balcony overnight before I wear them again. There are also things like sweatpants that I sometimes wear around the house for an hour or two after work before getting ready for bed. These are just some examples of things which end up on the chair. For some reason, I'm very reluctant to put once-worn clothes back in the closet with the laundry fresh clothes. Do you or any listeners have a manageable solution for the chair? Um, and she notes, the apartment is not that big and I'm not a millionaire. <laughs> um, this is so funny because I 100% know exactly oh. what she's talking about. Yeah. My version of the chair is the floor of my closet. Uh -huh. But I 100% know what it's like when you're like, well, I'm not going to wash this. Yeah. I'm not going to dry clean this. But so where does it go? It's the <laughs> no man's land. The limbo. It is. It's total limbo. And a lot of times I'll just leave it on the floor until it gets trod on and crumpled until I'm like, okay, well, now I do have to wash it. <laughs> you know, I mean, that's... You just, you just get it dirty. Yeah. Um, for me, it's the end of this uh, this couch that we have. Um, I just put everything over this one arm and it, things just pile up. 
Um, so what did you, and I, I bet everybody's got a chair, and it's a completely identifiable place in, in, in their house. Um, so I would say there's two strategies for dealing this that point in opposite directions. Okay. So the first is um, the strategy of convenience. So that's a habit formation things, which is you could embrace the fact that this is kind of a liminal category. Like instead of saying it's either dirty or clean, you would say, I'm going to have a place where I can neatly put away the things that are neither laundry fresh nor dirty enough to wash. Because clearly she's, uh, Janice seems to feel like these are very distinct categories. And you're sort of saying the same thing where they they don't belong in either place. So there's no place for them. We'll create a place for them. So if you could add a chest, she says she's not a millionaire, doesn't have that big apartment. But maybe there is a um, a chest of drawers or, or, or some kind of something where they could be put away. So they're not on the chair. They're put away, but they're not put away. They're put away in their own special place. Yeah, maybe a laundry basket, like where you actually fold clothes in the laundry, you know, and, and it's sort of... Well, you have your thing about uh, about baskets and hampers. Yeah. Like, how many hampers were in your closet? Oh, I know we had like six, I yes. think. I'm not a fan of the hamper because it's not an easy way to, like, put things away and get them out neatly. I think you need something that's got a little bit more structure to it. But it could be like a little cube that has two drawers mm-hmm. because it doesn't sound like it's all that much stuff. Um, and here's another thing that I've noticed, because um, I am obsessed with clutter clearing. Put things away where they want to go. Like a lot of objects, this sounds very kind of anthropomorphic, but a lot of objects seem to want to be in a particular place. They will keep showing up there. Even mm. if you think like, oh, I'm trying to put this away in this one closet, they will keep appearing in another place. Try to put them away as close to that place as possible. So maybe you even could get like a little cube that could be like next to the chair as kind of a side table slash place to put these things because they keep wanting to be on the chair. So maybe that wouldn't be helpful in putting them away because it'll be more convenient to put them away since that's where they want to be in their own little way. Wow, that's so zen. I love it. That's, <laughs> but it's really that's... true. Like you can decide where something belongs. Um, or there's a totally opposite solution, which I would say to her, which is the strategy of clarity. And the strategy of clarity is that when we know very clearly what we expect of ourselves and what we think, it's easier to stick to our good habits. And so here, she could either accept the fact that there's this third category, or she could say, they're not dirty, therefore they are clean. Ah. They do not need to be, the question is, does something need to be washed or does something not need to be washed? And then put them away, just go ahead and put them back with the clean clothes. Because in her mind, there's a distinction between laundry fresh and these clothes. But maybe she could just be like, actually, if something's not dirty, it should be put away with everything that's not dirty enough to be washed. Because if it's not to be washed, it should be with these other things. And then That just, makes sense. But if she got it clear in her mind that there aren't three categories, there are two categories, then maybe she could put the things away because she's, 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 but so anyway, it's like either, either there are two categories or there are three categories. Yeah, and, maybe because she said she airs things out. Maybe yeah. she should immediately air it out on the balcony and then put it back in yes. with the clean clothes. Yeah. And consider that fresh air. Yes. Cleansing. Know, yeah. Yeah. No, exactly. Or like the, the, the sweatpants she wore for an hour. She should just really look at them and say, these, these do not need to be washed. Therefore, they go back where they belong. So I don't, I don't, that, that, that's what I would think. But, so you have this thing. Well, I have it. I'm not, it's not that I don't think that they're clean enough to put away. I just am too lazy. I just don't like hanging things up. That's my problem. But you have this sort of also this in-between thinking. Yeah. You, would this work for you? Um. Yeah, I think probably just returning them to 
you know, the other clean clothes would probably work best for me. Yeah. Um, of course, there is a laziness factor as well. Well, that's what it is for me. I'm just like, oh, I took off these yoga pants for the like, you know, like the shortest possible time because I have to go to a meeting. But the minute that I come back, I'm going to put these yoga pants back on. So why put them away? I'll just leave them here. And then, you know, oh, but now I got a different pair of yoga pants. And so now there's a yo pair of yoga pants just sitting there for like two weeks until I deal with it. This is also a lot of people say their treadmill ends up being oh, yeah. the, uh, the chair. <laughs> yes. People hang clothes on their treadmill. Yes, instead of using them as a treadmill. Yes, exercise equipment seems to be uh, like a, a target. Um, because then you're like, who could exercise? Because it's all covered with clothes. So then you get a loophole. Exactly. Yes, yes. Okay, so Janice, thank you. I think this is something that a lot of people experience. Um, and I like that it's the chair, capitalized. Yes. The weather's getting warmer, so it's time to say goodbye to jackets and sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. I wanted to update my wardrobe without spending a fortune, and luckily I found Quince. Elizabeth, I got the Flow Knit Wide Leg Pant. It's very light. It's perfect for the summer. It packs very easily. I recently went on a trip with my family, and I took it with me, and they were just the thing to wear on a really hot day where I wanted to be covered up, but I wanted something that looked great and also was very comfortable. And the best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash Gretchen for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash Gretchen to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash Gretchen. Okay, time for demerits and gold stars. Elizabeth, you are up for the demerit. Yes, Scratch. This kind of goes back to um, the Traveling Without Tears um, <laughs> segment we did on our live podcast yeah. um, where we presented Joan Didion's packing list yes. and talked about packing in advance and all of that. Yep. Well, as we've been discussing, I'm in New York for a month, five weeks, something like that. And... Um, Sure enough, I had to. I knew I, when I was leaving for weeks in advance sun, <laughs> on a Sunday, and I did not start the packing process until Saturday afternoon slash evening, and I did not make a packing list, and I did all of the things wrong, you know, that we talked about, which is like basically I was just running around like a chicken <laughs> with my head cut off. What do I need to bring? I don't have room. How many suitcases am I bringing? Like, I want to spend time with Jack, but I have to pack, you know, that whole thing. Yeah. Even though I kept saying I need to start packing because I want to be organized. I want to be calm and relaxed the day before I leave so I can just enjoy the family. It was the opposite of that. <laughs> And um, I had to, like, you know, find my snow pants because I have to bring those and I have to bring all like this crazy gear that I never have except for when I'm doing a pilot. So I have to locate it. But I have to interrupt you and ask you, why do you need snow pants? To be in well, New York City. Should it snow? <laughs> I need snow pants. No, seriously, because it, it, it when you're shooting, a lot of times you're outside for hours at a time. Oh. So say there's a like it's snowing. <laughs> I need snow pants. That's does that seem weird to you? Well, this is a very high level of packing. This isn't just like I need a couple of t-shirts. This is like I have to prepare for like any kind. So. This is hard. But the question is, did you remember your bourbon and cigarettes? This yeah, is no, what yeah, exactly. featured prominently on John Didion's. Uh... Yeah, a few of the items she had 
on her list. I also did not bring a typewriter. Uh, so, But you brought your iPad Pro. I did. Oh. True. Um, anyway, so I just, you know, the, the demerit is just that I didn't do exactly what I knew I should do, which yeah. is plan ahead, get packed. I could have packed and just, you know, left out the few key items, you know, right. the toiletries and whatnot, um, and been very calm and relaxed. And instead, I, you know, it was just a stress case. And that's not fun for anybody. So happiness demerit. I think packing is such an issue. But now here's something that I try to do when I'm doing on a, a big trip like that. I don't know if it would help you. Is like I'll open up the suitcase. And then as I think of things, like I'm not even trying to consciously pack, but it's just when something occurs to me, I'll put it in the suitcase so that later on when I'm getting organized, at least that stuff has been pulled. That was my plan. That was your plan. But I didn't do it. But you didn't do it. Yeah. yeah. Um, side note, pet peeve, when I'm trying to pack for something like with a family trip, is that like family members will come running up to me. Where's my bathing suit? Where are my flip-flops? And I, then I lose my chain of thought. And so ah. now everybody, I just say like, I'm going to the zone where I'm just following a train of thought and I'm moving from room to room pulling things. And if you talk to me, you will regret it. And they have learned because it is hard to pack. <laughs> oh, that's funny. But also, you can borrow anything from me. Uh, yeah, that I have is no a pants. <laughs> um, all right, Gretz, what's your gold star this week? Okay, well, I mentioned. Um, okay, so I mentioned this 1979 movie uh, earlier in the episode, All That Jazz, and I have to confess because I was like, oh yeah, it was so cool the way he said it. it's showtime, folks. That I went online um, to look it up. Um, to remind myself whether or not he'd actually said it more than once or, or if it had just been one time. And and so I started looking at YouTube videos. And then I then I was like, well, but there's not enough video for me to tell if he said it more than once. So now I have to look at the screenplay. So I like mm. searching through the screenplay. And then slowly, bit by bit, I'm watching one scene and then another. And I'm like, oh, my God. But then there's that amazing scene. And so I have to give a gold star to this movie, All That Jazz, because it might be that other people don't know about it. And it's truly one of my very favorite movies of all time. I think it's one of Dad's favorite movies isn't it? I think it is. It is. It is. Um, it, it's it's about so many things. It's it, like every like really masterpiece of a movie. It's about art and performance. It's about love and marriage and divorce and children and and self-destruction. Mortality. And morta oh my gosh. Mortality. Uh, temptation. Uh, what do we owe other people? How do we help other people? Um, I mean, I every time I see it, I cry. It's it's every time I see it, I see something new. Um, and it's just as by, so people know what it's even about. Um, so it was it was by Bob Fosse, who's this very famous um, dancer, choreographer, director. And it's summing up by, by autobiographical. It's based on his own experience. And the main character is this guy, Joel Gideon, who's clearly like a genius. He's incredibly charismatic. Um, he and it's about him preparing for a Broadway show and uh, and then also what's happening in his personal life. And so there's all these scenes like kind of like people trying out for a big dance number and um, which sounds like a cliche, but they do it in a very cool way. Um, and then also how he's sort of destroying all his relationships, but he's a very likable person. A lot of times movies like that, I can't watch because I hate seeing people self-destruct, but um, it is R rated man. So do not make this your choice for movie <laughs> night uh, for sure. Night. And if you don't like uh, R rated -y kind of things, uh, you will not like this. Um, but I, I also feel like when you describe things, they sound worse. So like, forget what I said and just like go watch it and you will love it. Right. Do you love this movie as much as I do? Yeah, it's great. I mean, I haven't seen it for years. I remember seeing it in the theater with mom and dad. Oh my gosh. I, but would, I would not have wanted to see it with mom and dad. Well, here's what's funny though. Uh, we were, I was with a friend, I think it was oh, Emily oh Leake and we, but we, 
sat not with them. We were in another part of the theater. But still. So I, I, we didn't follow what was going on. Well, but honestly. I mean, but there were still, there's like a lot of naked body parts and stuff. Um, there's a lot of stuff. Yeah, I'm sure in retrospect, they probably <laughs> wouldn't have brought us, but, you know, they didn't know. So Yeah, yeah, this is not, this is, this is not on the edge. This is clearly, and <laughs> it's not, I mean, it's not beyond the pale. It's just, you wouldn't want to bring... Like two little kids, yeah. <laughs> one of whom's not even your own kid to it. Um, but but anyway, I want to give. We a gold, weren't that little. I want to give a gold star to it though, just because I feel like it's such a masterpiece, and it's one of these things that, like, I, you know, I think about it all the time. It's just it's extraordinary. And that's it for this episode of Happier. Remember, try this at home. Pick a mantra for the day. Let us know what you picked because I think we can all get great ideas from each other when you hear. I think I can. I'm gonna I'm gonna use that mantra myself. Oh, good. Thanks to our producer, Henry Malofsky, who agreed to come to work very early today so we could do this before my uh, pilot work starts for the day. Thanks, Henry. Also, thanks to Andy Bowers and Laura Mayer of Panoply. Get in touch. Gretchen's on Twitter at Gretchen Rubin, and I'm at Elizabeth Craft. Our email address is podcast at GretchenRubin.com. And if you want to make sure that you never miss an episode, you can sign up for an email where you'll get an email on the day that an episode becomes available. And you can join at happiercast.com slash join. Until next week, I'm Elizabeth Kraft. And I'm Gretchen Rubin. Thanks for joining us Onward and Upward. Showtime, folks. It's showtime, folks. Showtime, folks. It's showtime, folks. Gretch, I know from my own experience that baby making is not always simple. There is a lack of knowledge surrounding how to get pregnant. And when you want to conceive, there can be a lack of understanding and resources. Frida Fertility is the only one-stop shop that makes it easier to make a baby with a set of solutions for everything from reproductive health to uh, ovulation tracking to conception aid. Frida is simplifying the journey to parenthood with products that help you go from trying to making a baby. Frida products are innovative, easy to use, and accessible, from ovulation prediction to at-home insemination kits. This is baby making simplified. Find Frida Fertility on Amazon, at Target, and select CVS stores near you. That's Frida Fertility, F-R-I-D-A, Frida Fertility.